0: As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, "No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God." This is the word of the Lord from Luke 9:57 through 62. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. You may be seated this morning. It's my son Andrew. Today is his uh, 16th birthday. So what a time. yeah, we can celebrate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All his friends back there giving them a hard time. So thanks, Andrew, for reading our scripture this morning. My name is Zach. I'm the associate pastor here at South Tulsa Baptist Church. It's my joy and honor to share in God's word with you today. Uh, Pastor Eric, I've talked with him uh, several times throughout the week. Uh, They are getting ready to make their long journey home from Doha. Uh, It's like a 15-hour flight to DFW. Hopefully everything goes smoothly and on time. They should be back tomorrow afternoon. Uh, If you're a guest with us today, we'd love for you to come back next week as well just to meet Pastor Eric. Eric and to hear from him it's uh, he he loves meeting our visitors and guests as well so make sure you get get back here again and visit with us if you're here today uh, we'd love to to see you with us um all right I'm not sure what's happening there but we'll just uh, continue on there we go oh, good I was like if that stays with me the whole time that's going to be tough <laughs> So, thanks, men back there. Uh, we have a great tech team. We don't give them enough credit unless something sounds kind of funny. But for the most part, everything runs really well. And that team back there does a great job week in and week out. So, we do appreciate that. Yeah, give them a hand. Like I said, oftentimes, Uh, the tech team doesn't usually get any uh, attention unless something not good is happening so for the most part everything usually runs really well around here and so that's a great thanks to them and that team that's in both services serving faithfully running words running cameras so we're so appreciative of you like i was saying if you are a guest we'd love for you to come back again and meet pastor eric and just continue to pray for that team that they finish well finish strong uh, on this last leg of their journey i know at this point they're just uh, getting to those points where they're just ready to be home and ready for the comforts of home and just uh, being back here uh, with our church family i especially will be glad to have them back uh, as jesse and eric are gone there's a lot left over to to, to do and to take care of And as you know, many of us, we landed from—we got back from Guatemala last weekend, so we just hit the ground running. It's just been one of those weeks, and right back into sports, taking care of kids and family, and so— Anyway, it's good to be in this place to spend some time in God's word with you uh, from the book of Luke Uh, Eric asked me a few weeks ago. He said hey, you you know You'll be preaching for me while i'm out one of those sundays and I said sure i'd love to And he said, you know pick a red letter passage and so I said, okay, that shouldn't be too tough There's a lot of them out there and if i'm being honest, this wasn't my first choice Uh, if if I as i've read this passage through the years, this is a very tough passage. This is not an easy passage to read. It, it doesn't really, when I read it, I don't just, you know, get a lot of great encouragement or hope from it. It's really a tough passage, and for Christians, for disciples, people that follow Christ, this is a really tough one to consider and to think about. Uh, but if you stick with me this morning, I really believe that you'll, you'll find some, some just wonderful truth and wisdom and challenge as well from God's Word for us to consider today as we look at this passage together. But how I kind of arrived at this this passage was a few a couple of months ago when I was in one of my seminars uh, one of the men that came and spoke to us a a very prominent pastor just came and began to to talk with us about when you recognize and you read about Jesus he is often someone who has been sent and is sending you see that word around Jesus quite a bit and so Jesus was someone that was sent himself from heaven he was someone that is now sending those out and so I kind of came to chapter 10 and, and begin to see that you know, Jesus sending out uh, these disciples. And so I thought, well, I, what, what's going on before chapter 10? What's happening here? And so I began to, to look at Jesus uh, calling and, and showing us the cost of discipleship in chapter 9. And once again, I read through that ending of Luke 9, and, and as I was challenged once again, I thought, you know, I really want to study that. I want to read some more about that. And, and as I begin to do that and really begin to to see what what really is inside of that passage i really became encouraged and thought man this is something great for me to be challenged with and and i want to bring it to you all this morning for us to consider as well and before we can get to 52 and beyond i think it's important to or 57 and beyond to look at verse 51 because in luke 9 there is a lot going on if you read from the beginning of that chapter on into these verses there's a lot that's taking place And and a real shift is taking place here in verse 51. And it says there that as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And so we see a shift here as Jesus is preparing to go to Jerusalem. Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. Jesus has resolutely, he has determined. Some other translations say determined. uh, Other translations say that he set his face on Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And what was ahead and where he was going and what he was going to be about now as his ministry now shifts to the end and to the cross and his death and his resurrection. And when we see set his face, uh, you'll see that in scripture as well. And sometimes we see that as a way that Jesus is now casting his judgment as well on Jerusalem and where he's headed with his proclamation and with his teachings. We saw that in Isaiah, that Matt read earlier in the service, how Isaiah had a message to proclaim. And Isaiah said, I'm setting my face like flint, knowing that my message is going to, I'm going to have to endure some persecution for what I'm proclaiming, for what I'm saying, for what I'm doing. And so in the same way, Jesus is setting his face and his path toward what he knows will ultimately bring uh, his physical body to an end. Uh, But thankful that we don't believe that was the end. We know that on the third day we believe in what the scripture tells us, that Jesus did rise again. All of that having to take place by first setting his face, becoming determined, was resolute that he was going to go to Jerusalem. And so it's as he's walking is when he encounters these men and talks with these men about following after him. Or if they say to him, I want to follow you. And so this morning, as we think about that passage, before we even dive in, I want to think, I want to consider another passage in Matthew when Jesus is challenging his disciples and, and saying to them what it will take to be a disciple, to follow after Jesus. These are the things that it will take. And if you read in that chapter in Matthew, you will you will know that this is coming after Peter, trying to defend Jesus, when Jesus is predicting his death, talking about his end. And, and Jesus is saying, No, or Peter is saying, No, Lord, this this can't happen to you. And we see one of the strongest rebukes from Jesus when he looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. These are the things that must take place. And and then he ushers these words in. says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And think about those three things. Kind of keep this in mind and in perspective as we think about Jesus setting his face toward Jerusalem. As as Jesus is making his way there. As Jesus has taught what it takes to follow after him. And those are some big things before we can follow we have to deny ourselves. That means we lay down our ways, our desires, our preferences, and we truly set our own faces to Jesus, determining our path, making our path follow after him. And so as we do that, we are denying ourselves, and then they're taking up our cross, uh, crucifying ourselves with Christ, putting to death the former self, the old self, the old ways. When we begin a journey with Jesus, that's what it begins to look like our identity becoming wrapped up in him that there's no more me because i'm denying me i'm laying me down because now i follow christ and if you're in here this morning uh, i would ask you have you made that decision to follow after christ has there been a time in your journey here on this earth where someone has said hey are you following jesus Have you made a first step to follow after him? And so this morning, this is a wonderful message for you if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus and wanna know more about what it takes to follow after him. And so this message is also for whoever the most seasoned saint is in here, whoever's been following Jesus the longest because once again, today is a day to deny ourselves, to take up our cross. And in some versions, it says daily and follow after Jesus meaning today I'm going to make a decision to follow after Jesus. So with those things in mind, then we can begin to kind of look at these three different men and we'll take a look at them as they're wanting and desiring to follow Jesus. And also as we look at them, I'm kind of reminded in Scripture when Jesus encounters people, think about how he encountered the woman at the well and he began to talk to her about the things that she was involved in and yet she had not told him anything. Or think about the rich young ruler when he's you know, talking to Jesus about all the commands and all the things that he has done and yet Jesus knows his heart and says, you know what? Sell everything. Go give it all to the poor and follow me. Then you will have eternal life. And so when I think of those things as well, Jesus is not just encountering these men in such a way where they're speaking words, but Jesus is someone who can look into the heart and look into the soul of these people. And so his response isn't necessarily directed at what they're saying, but I believe that his response is also because he's peering into their lives. He's seeing what's going on in their hearts. And so his response, though it may seem harsh, It's really just a reminder that something else is going on inside of those hearts and lives. And so this morning for us, that's also how we're kind of approaching this passage of Scripture, is that Jesus is looking into those hearts and those lives, and he truly sees what's keeping them from following after him. And friends, he can do that with us today as well. He knows our hearts. He knows if there's anything that's keeping us from following after him. And so as we look at this this morning in Luke We'll look at this first man. It says in verse 57, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. He seems very determined. There's Jesus coming with his group. Hey, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And here's Jesus' response to that man and to that man's life. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. There's a couple of things we can look at there's a couple of things that maybe this man was 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 struggling with and when it came to jesus the first thing i think of is is we cannot follow jesus with a what's in it for me mentality there's concerns that this man came to follow jesus not because he wanted to follow after him but simply jesus was a way to maybe gain notoriety gain popularity maybe following after jesus would bring him wealth or he saw the healings and the miracles. And, and what a great person to be around because Jesus had a lot to offer and a lot, a lot that he could do for him. So this morning I want to remind us that, that we don't follow Jesus uh, for things that he could give us or do for us. Because he's already done exactly what we need through his death and through his resurrection. And we, when we begin to get, I guess, almost greedy and, and seeking more and more and more, what can you do for me, Lord? We begin to, to, to take our face off Jesus and begin to put our face on ourselves and and what I need. And and friends, as we have struggles, as we have needs, our Father does care about those things. But it's when we begin to set our face again on Christ and we remember what he's done for us, we remember the wonderful things that he's done through his death and through his resurrection, I begin to be thankful for that again. And even though that's far back there, that's such a beautiful place to go to. And As I focus on Jesus, I focus on what he's done for me I I begin to once again find his peace And his joy and his fulfillment over my heart and my life Just by looking to him and remembering what all he has done for me And, And as a father, I I love my children and I still do bless them and love them and take care of them And our heavenly father loves us in such a great way as well. He still continues to bless us and to take care of us But we follow after him Because of what he's done not not for what he can do for us. We love him and he loves us and I think about Paul when I think about these things think about what Paul gave up who Paul was his testimony is wonderful he was so well educated he had got into a place of prominence he was someone that was a leader he was even persecuting Christians and he had spent his life in these arenas doing these things and 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 spent a lot of time effort and energy in becoming the person that he was and yet this is what he writes about that old life he says in Philippians 3 and verse 7 But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Look at those words. I now consider it loss. All those things that were so important to me, all those things that were once so valuable to me, all those things that I considered just part of who I was and loved to identify with those things. Now that I've met Christ and I know Christ, there's nothing else that compares to knowing him walking with him setting my face on him being with jesus look at that the surpassing worth the value of knowing christ for whose sake i've lost all things and he even goes on to say i've considered that just trash it's garbage it's worthless there's nothing i can go and pick up there's nothing ahead of me that is going to be more valuable than walking and knowing jesus and so as that man came to to jesus and said i will follow you that was a concern What was his true heart condition? Did he truly want to follow Jesus just because there was a great love and concern in knowing who Jesus was or was he wanting to to get more out of it? There was also concern that maybe he was following Jesus in hopes that Jesus would destroy earthly kingdoms and put to death his enemies. With with such a zeal to come to the lord There was a concern that maybe he thought well i'm not in favor of this government I'm, not in favor of herod. I'm not in favor of of the people around me I just don't like what I see and so yes Here is jesus and now he's here to take over and take charge And so that response when, When jesus talks about these different entities that have a place to lay their head Saying they have their place. I do not have a place here on this earth Now friends, there is a time that he is coming back and it's gonna be a lot different than what we see here. But for the time being, Jesus has called us to be his light, his ambassadors, his witnesses in the world around us. Jesus in in our lives now Are not to see our enemies destroyed But but our call is is to be a witness to, To see our enemies come to Christ And see them saved And to see them rejoice alongside of us That he has died for them as well And even Jesus gives those commands That we know so well You've heard it said Love your neighbor Hate your enemy But I tell you Love your enemies And pray for those who persecute you If that young man was expecting something jesus let him know look i'm not here to destroy these things i'm here to come and to seek and to save that which is lost and bring it back and restore it to the father and friends that's you and i now job to do to be his witnesses his ambassadors to go into the world and share the good news of jesus and who he is in luke 9 we see another man a second man it says he said to another man follow me let's look at his reply it says lord first let me go and bury my father and if I'm being honest when I read that that seems like a reasonable request that doesn't seem like a bad thing if someone needs to go and bury a parent uh, that seems like something to do Uh, I have both of my parents living when the time comes as an only child especially I would think that I have a pretty big responsibility in taking care of my parents affairs and so when I read these words it is tough And so it was nice to study him and look at a couple of things with us as we consider these words and for what it meant there and what it can mean to us today. But in the moment, there's a concern here if his dad is even passed away yet. And in this culture, it could be maybe years that he's saying, I have this responsibility to take care of my family. And Jesus, knowing that he's what? He set his face to Jerusalem. His time on earth at this point is becoming very limited And so he's looking at this man saying, there is nothing else right now that matters because my time with you is short. You need to follow me. And he gives those harsh words, let the dead bury their own dead. You go proclaim the kingdom of God. And one of the things I was thinking as I read those words is, the first and most important thing above all is what? Follow Jesus. As I follow Jesus, as I have a relationship with him, he knows my heart, he knows what burdens me. This man should have just taken off with Jesus. And if that continued to be a burden about his dad and his family affairs, uh, bring those to the Lord. He is a God who cares about what we feel and what we think and then seek his wisdom. He could ask Jesus, what should I do? How do I follow you and take care of these circumstances that I know are important to me and my family? But the most important thing is we need to follow Jesus and let nothing else get in our way. And I put that there. Today, we must continue to follow Jesus above every circumstance. And there is nothing else that could come into play that would be more important than following after him. Because as someone that follows the Lord, that is one of the things I enjoy about walking with Christ is I have someone to go to for for hope and for wisdom and for counsel and how I would walk with him. And he would lead me through those things that trouble my soul. And so as we look at the last man here. It says in verse 61, it says, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And once again, I read these words and just think, Again, that doesn't sound like a bad thing to to go back and say goodbye. I I was joking earlier, I said, you know, one of the apps that we have as parents is like Live 360. Or on my phone, I can find my friends so I can find my kids. Wherever they are in the world, it, it tracks them and you can see where your kids are and what they're doing. Completely different culture here. If you didn't show up for dinner, there was a lot of concern where's my kid? And so I think he's, you know, not asking an unreasonable thing to go back and say goodbye to his family. Let them know what he's doing. Let them know what he's up to. But I think Jesus sees his heart. It's not just about his family, what he would go back to. There's a lot of things that he was probably still connected to, maybe a job and his family and his friends and his way of living. And so for him to go back means he got sucked right back into his old style, his old lifestyle, his old ways. And so for Jesus, he's saying to this man, look, you can't go back because no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of god so my last point here this morning is we cannot follow jesus while clinging to former things and this has been a difficult one for me and this weekend i had the opportunity to take my family and my son had a baseball tournament in, down in dallas in the metroplex and my my family we became a family in the metroplex we moved to texas with no kids actually charlie was pregnant so we had one on the way and and we moved and we started our family in Texas. And we became a family there. We had four of our five kids there. We knew how to live there. We knew the things we enjoyed there as a family. And and it it just, you know, before I realized it, that really was home. And so when we made the move to Tulsa almost five years ago, I didn't recognize and realize how difficult it would be moving back here, even though my wife and I both grew up in this area. It was a different world here because now we had four kids in tow and one on the way again. Isn't it funny how that kind of works out? So we did have a fifth one born in the big pink hospital, so that was fun. So our little Nathan, this is all he's known. But it was a difficult, and it was hard, and at times we looked back and at times we found ourselves longing for what was familiar and longing for friends and family. I mean, when you spend 12 years in a small church, you, really, you don't really realize how bonded you are to those people until all of a sudden they're not there anymore. And I remember standing here at times and, and looking around the room thinking, there's a lot of faces I don't know today is very different today is great preaching here i look around and start seeing faces now for the last five years you all have been a big part of my life and my family's life and and i'm very thankful to see you all out there and what you mean to me now but there were times where it was hard and at times if i wasn't careful looking back longing wanting to go back was keeping me from following after jesus and so I wondered, do you look at that man that day and just say, you, look, you can't look back. You can't go back. If you're gonna follow me, you gotta follow me. We gotta go right now. There's no time. You can't wait and don't go back and get sucked back into those old things and those old ways. And so maybe this morning you're here and maybe there's a part of you that still looks back and longs for those things. We just celebrated my son's 16th birthday or we're celebrating that today. Wow, but I know this, that went pretty quick. I've got a, my youngest is four. And it won't be long, we'll be celebrating his 16th birthday and he'll be leaving the nest and, and, and soon I'll be looking at my wife and it's like, wow, what just happened? We're in a completely different place now. And if I'm not careful, it will be easy to look back and just miss all of those stages and all of those things that we went through with our kids. And so we can, even as parents, look back and, and long for the days we were raising those little bitty kids that looked to us and, and loved us in such a way. And we can miss out on what God has for us now there's all these stages that we have to walk through now i want to look back at texas with just fond memories and just be thankful that i had that opportunity because think about this let's read these words in isaiah you see god's people really had a hard time not wanting to go back to egypt even though they were enslaved and even though times had gotten tough when they got out into the wilderness and when they were roaming they began to think about egypt They begin to think about, well, we we really did actually have it good there. And we had life figured out there. We knew what to do there. We knew how to operate as a family there. Now here we are out here in the wilderness. Surely it would be better to go back. And I love what Isaiah brings to the table when he looks at them and, and proclaims this message in Isaiah 43, when he says, this is what the Lord says about that. He is the one, remember, who made a way through the sea. A path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness streams in the wasteland stop looking back I have got plans I brought you mightily through a through a sea and all those things are now laid to waste because I have new plans and new provision for you do not miss it because you're looking back longing for something that's old and has passed look now to me, set your face on me, walk with me, follow me, allow me to bring you into the new things and new stage that I am walking with you in. And God is doing a new thing. Friends, I could have stayed in Texas. We, we had such a great place there, and we felt so secure there. And as God began to ruffle our feathers about making a move, that was so hard. But it became more and more evident and clear that God was preparing us to move. That was tough Oh but I'm so glad now that I did Because I'm so thankful how God Continues to work and lead my family And watch my children in this place And and have the opportunity To go back to school And have an opportunity to have a seminary Just build inside of me The desire to to go And to send and to send you all And to be people that care about the Great Commission To be people that care about uh, Going and sharing the good news Of the gospel and I believe God has some wonderful things in store for our church as we think about planting churches, as we think about sending people into those realms, into those arenas, giving us this mission to, to remember what we're all about and going and sending. And so that can be scary, yes, but wonderful if, if we can surely say, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? He's doing a new thing in some of those ways, in some of those stages. Don't miss it because we're looking back. And and I've had to preach that to myself often over the last few years as as I long for things. And then we also think about what Jesus said, because he said no one's fit for the kingdom if if you take hold of the plow and try to look back. And and one of the things is, is we can look at the calling of Elisha, because Elisha asked to go back. And so I'd say to you this morning in this place, If you have a desire and a need to go back for some reason, then it needs to look like this. Because when Elijah came and found Elisha and and put the mantle on him and put the calling on his life that he was now gonna be the one to be the mouthpiece for the Lord, this is what took place. Look at this calling in verse 19 in 1 Kings 19. It says, so Elijah went from there and he found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And he himself was driving the 12th pair. It says, Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen. He left his work and he ran after Elijah. And look at what he tells him. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. So Elisha was working, working his fields, doing what he was doing all all his time, who he was here on this earth. And then this calling came to his life. And he did ask to go back And Elijah told him He said, okay, go back What have I done to you? If you read earlier in 1 Kings 19 It's when Elijah was really kind of having a pity party Was really down on his work and with the Lord And and God was still trying to encourage him And move him along And now here he is calling Elisha And so he's thinking, yes, what have I done to you? Yes, maybe he was even thinking Yeah, go back and don't follow me This task is hard that's ahead for you But in verse 21 Look at this, catch this So Elisha left him, and he went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Friends, if you go back, it better to be to make a statement to the people around you that Jesus has called me and i 'm following after him. Uh, Elisha could have sold his oxen, he could have left his oxen with his family, even he could have maybe sold that equipment and made some money to give back to his family or take with him on his journey. No, he took his equipment and he burned it, and he used the equipment to cook the meat and feed the people to say what i 'm now following elijah i 'm going with him, and truly that is what discipleship looks like because if Elisha began to long for the former things he couldn't go back because he put it all and and he took it and he crucified it and there was nothing to return to and so friends if there's a desire to go back go back and make a statement to say now I'm following after Jesus and for some of us in this room is there anything that you need to do that with in your own hearts in your own lives is there anything that you can look and see you know what this truly is keeping me from following jesus and i need to get rid of it and so this morning i I read those words and i think my goodness wow and it doesn't say anything about kissing his mom or his dad goodbye i'm sure he did that at some point when they were eating but the reality is the point is made man elijah just went back and he crucified it all it was gone nothing to return to and so as we get ready to close up this morning just a reminder that today is the day to follow Jesus. And as we live in this country and in this culture, we are bombarded by things, and by things that can come our way and and distractions, even as James mentioned earlier, about so easily distracted even by our devices and get just wrapped up into those places. There's so many things that can come at us. As we grow older and our bodies start doing different things, we're trying to figure out, there's just so much that could easily take our eyes and our face off Jesus. But today, what a great reminder to set our face on the Lord and follow after Him. And today is a great day to examine that and to see that and to to know that. So whatever situation you find yourself in, just take it to the Lord and follow after Him and allow His peace to come over you. And then come back tonight. We'll take the Lord's Supper together and, and truly remember Jesus and His sacrifice for us and how in Romans 12, we are now called to be a living sacrifice for Him. So today is the day to follow Jesus. And then just a couple of questions to consider. And I'd love for you to take these sometime, maybe today and this week, and and begin to truly pray over these things. Always go back to the 139th Psalm, and at the end when, when David says, search me, Lord, know me. If there's anything in me that is not worthy, let me know, let me see that. And so we take questions like this to the Lord to say, you know, God, am I following you for the wrong reasons? am I just caught too much on what you can do for me Lord help my heart truly be I want to follow you and if you bless me awesome but I can be so thankful for what you've already done and begin to count my blessings to be thankful for so many things and then to see that you still do love and, and walk with me so Jesus if there's anything about my following you that is not pure that is not holy bring that up let me see that let me wrestle with that And then the last thing there is, is there anything you need to let go of to follow Jesus? That could be so many things. One of the things we talked about in my seminar a couple months ago was just the importance of encouraging your people. Uh, One, one he said, don't hoard your staff. So God may even call some of us to go and to be sent and to plant churches and to go into new places. And he said, that's gut-wrenchingly hard to do because you love people and he says, and encourage your church. If God is calling them to go, to go. And, and one of those church planters, church planters out there, uh, I've talked to one. There's one I'm getting ready to go and just spend some time with because that's a big you know, goal of ours is to see our church be a church that plants churches. And we wanna know more and see what that looks like, especially for our area here. Uh, but as I talked to this church planter named Buddy, he, he told me, he said, we do want some of you to come as, as you know, ministers he's like but bring members of your church our hope is that people would you know get a love and and this one's in durango colorado we would love for people to catch the vision and leave their career in tulsa and move to durango and and plant their lives there and, and help us to plant and start a church and i thought wow going and sending and preparing our hearts for what the lord would have us now you all can't do that I look around this room. If you all just up and laugh, well, you know, I, I would hope then the Lord would replenish. But for some of you, uh, I would love for you to, to consider those thoughts, those callings. What does it look like to, to plant and to do things that are outside the box? But truly, is there anything we need to let go of? Our careers. Our, our lives, our families. I've got, my son is 16. We got back from Guatemala and, and all he can talk about, is, oh, I love Guatemala. I could live there. I could be there. And I could, and, and as a father, there's a part of me that's like, oh, that's hard. But at the same time, an excitement that is like, yes, go, be sent, live in the nations. Go proclaim the message of Christ and do not hold back because of me. Whatever he calls you to do, I want to just celebrate you. Even if it's on the other side of this globe, if God calls you to go, go. And so friends, that's us. Go into your workplaces. Go into your families. Going is not just about moving or relocating, but it's also just going and being on mission right where you are, following Jesus, setting your eyes on him, and just being sent even in your own little neck of the woods and allowing God to work through you, use you, be a minister. And so this morning, those are the two questions we all just need to wrestle with and allow the Lord to search our hearts. So we're gonna have an invitation here in just a moment. And we'd love for you, if if you have things that you're struggling with, you'd love for a minister to pray over you or pray for you. And and as you hear these words, it's challenging. And sometimes we don't even know what's the first step to take. I know there's things I need to let go of or I know there's things I need to lay down, but I don't even know, I I feel stuck. And we'd love to begin to just pray over you and pray for you, what that looks like. And just encourage you uh, This is a wonderful place to admit I need someone to pray for me And we'd love to pray over you this morning Or, or call us this week Or come by and, and visit with us We'd love to know how the Lord's at work In your own hearts and lives And, and maybe God's showing you something big And you're thinking, Zach, I don't even know That just seems so unattainable for me But I know that God's maybe calling me Into this place And so we'd love to be praying for you Whatever that may be uh, If you haven't taken those first steps of faith and been baptized and you're someone here this morning that jesus is in this place saying follow me and you need to this morning say that's me i need to follow jesus we'd love to celebrate that with you today if today you know this is the place where you need to join and serve and go and be sent we would love to talk with you about joining our church body so let's do this let's uh, stand together we're going to pray james is going to come lead us in a final song of invitation And let me pray over you all this morning. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come into this place and to study your word together. Thank you that even uh, it can be very challenging at times to think about things that maybe we're holding on to or things that we're looking back to and, and easily become distracted by so many things that can keep us from truly keeping our face on you. And so Jesus, we give you freedom today to search our hearts and our lives and to know us and to see us. And over the next, uh, this day and the next few days, help us to make those changes and follow after you, setting our face, becoming determined to follow you. Father, anyone in this room or anyone online who has never taken the first steps of faith to follow you and be baptized, then we ask that you'd give them the boldness and courage to make that known today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us. It's your name we pray, amen.